0: and welcome once again to what's the story here on the people chronicles my name is joe painter and with us this afternoon is anne desjardins and i just like saying the name i said that should be a perfume <laughs> yeah, i am wearing desjardins or to today anne. There, that's right or to anne. i like it i like it and um a, a mutual friend told me about you and i know we're facebook friends and i've seen you i recognize you but i didn't know the story that you carry with you and I suppose we all have stories that, that aren't there, but you uh, have been proactive. It has to do with Lyme disease. Yes. And I don't know the whole story. So did you have Lyme disease? Is it something you get rid of? Do you still have it?
1: What What happened in, in your experience? Uh, great question. So for me, what I began to experience was an incredible fatigue about seven years ago that was crippling fatigue for me. I am pretty much of a doer, and so to be that tired was really... a horrible feeling. Um, so I started to try to figure out what was wrong. I went to a bunch of different doctors. I thought maybe I'd ha- had apnea because that oh, runs right. in my family. So I went, I got a sleep study done and they said, no, you don't have apnea, but let's do the daytime nap study. So that's a series of five naps of 20 minutes a piece. And for three of the five naps, apparently I went into REM within five minutes, which they said was very abnormal. So they told me I had narcolepsy. They gave me a stimulant that cost me about a thousand bucks a month. provigil it's a uh, shift sleep disorder uh, stimulant i kept asking i was like so when do i feel better and he's like what do you mean you should feel better by now i said no i don't feel better at all so i stopped taking that i just figured that was a way to speed up my death um so then i went i had allergy testing done i had nothing too outstanding there i knew already i was allergic to mice cats dust and pollen who it kind of like (laughs) 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 okay Uh, how much did i pay for that too fine Nothing was wrong with me there. I went, I had a slightly elevated thyroid reading, which they dismissed. Uh, The specialists had looked at that and said everything was okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then, uh, what else I had a high uh, white blood cell count at 1.2, which they also said was nothing to worry about. I had just gotten over a cold. So, okay. Then I start going to some other doctors. They tell me I'm stressed. Well, yes, I have some stress in my life. That's definitely, I'm not going to argue about that. Sure, but I don't find it to be that debilitating. Um, that I would feel like I am and then I just sort of gave up on doctors because I kind of they just kept telling me it was me that I was depressed or that I was stressed and I wasn't I was becoming depressed feeling like that all the time and that fatigue then began to be accompanied with some numbness in my face and I had some neurological problems in terms of remembering words talking right without stuttering. Uh, Sometimes I'd be driving and I'm like, where am I going again? That was a little (laughs) concerning. Um, What else? I just couldn't remember things. So I'd be in the middle of a conversation something like this. And I'd have to wait for you to talk so I would know what I'm supposed to be talking to you about again because I couldn't keep track of things like that. Watching television shows became pointless because I couldn't remember what I was watching at the commercial break. I'd be like, Uh, all right I don't even know what movie or whatever it is that I've been watching I cancelled that forever ago reading books was a problem I'd read the same page over and over but um, and God bless I even asked my poor father at one time he's a retired ER physician and I was like dad don't you see people complaining to you that are this tired all the time like don't you know what's wrong with me and he's like sweetie I don't know we've looked at everything they've done all the blood work I I don't know what to tell you and i said to him you know what dad if the rest of my life is like this i don't think i'm going to be here for much longer because i can't go on feeling like this forever like this is not this is a horrible feeling um and trying to tell someone what that fatigue feels like is really a challenge too, because it's not like I didn't get a good night of sleep and I'm a little grouchy or tired or I'm hungover and I'm tired. No, no. no. This was like, if I ran a marathon every day for a month straight and I didn't sleep one second of that entire month, I wouldn't be that tired. But were you sleeping? Well, that became a problem sometimes too. I had night sweats and then I always slept so well, then I wasn't sleeping. So then I Google, good old Google. I Google fatigue, night sweats, and some of my other symptoms, and it's like, oh, you have HIV. I'm like, oh my god, okay, so like I go, I get tested for that. That was probably the most anxious 20 minutes of my life, mind you, was a big red digital clock that I'm just sitting there like, oh, oh, oh. that lady comes out, she won't make eye contact with me, so I assumed that I had it because she wasn't looking at me, so then I just burst into tears thinking, oh my god, this is what's going to happen, and she's like, stay off the computer. Don't do this to yourself. And I was like, yeah, okay. But any doctor that I had, like my gynecologist, every doctor that I went to see, I'd be like, look, I'm really tired. Do you know what's wrong with me? No, even my dental hygienist noticed the change in the plaque on my teeth. And she was like, are you really tired all the time? And I was like, yes, finally, somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. But she didn't know what was wrong with me. She suggested maybe vitamin D deficiency or a couple other things, which I got checked for all that stuff too, nothing. So I just kind of went on about my life and tried to do what I could. On my end, I changed my diet. I changed my workout routine. I changed my birth control. I changed any physical thing that I came in contact with. And then towards the end, things got really hokey. Like I started to lose my hearing in my left ear. That numbness in my face then would be in my whole body. Um, I was traveling. I couldn't put my suitcase in the overhead Compartment because at that point then my arms that hurt a lot. I didn't have a lot of physical pain. Thankfully. It was more um, Neurological and I was pretty good at uh, faking people out that there was nothing wrong there, but um, I had two heart fluttering episodes I started to get really dizzy when I'd walk so I would take my dog for like a four-mile walk every day and now I could hardly go four blocks and I was like all right well one day they're just gonna find me on the sidewalk and they're gonna be like oh she wasn't lying there was really something wrong with her she's but tired <laughs> dead <laughs> yeah. i just yeah, thought yeah. i was dying by now maybe i had a brain tumor so i finally said to my parents i love you guys a lot i'm i'm going to the doctor tomorrow i'm pretty sure i have a brain tumor so but it's gonna be okay we're gonna get through this you know and my parents like what because i again i kind of kept it to myself after so long which is not the best way to go about doing things but that is who i am i can sometimes just be very stubborn and too proud i don't really know what that emotion is that doesn't i don't want to share with people that there's something wrong mm-hmm. so fine but i was probably suicidal <laughs> a lot of those days like i just didn't want to do that anymore my ex-boyfriend i didn't tell him either he actually gave me a gun for christmas one year because he thought for protection purposes he, you know he's a big military person so cool but then it's like, oh my God, he just gave me this. He has no idea that I'm, fe- he, he had no idea. But I would think about that stupid thing up there in my closet a lot of days and it's like, ugh. Um, but I'm just truly grateful that. How did you get to the end of the journey? How did you get an answer? I, when I went back to the doctor, I had asked for recommendations for somebody who was a little bit more Eastern-minded because I was getting nowhere with Western medicine. No offense, I'm related to tons of doctors, love you all. But um, this lady, when I went back, They really spent a good amount of time with me, two hours at least, I was there. She gave me an EKG. She looked in my ear. Again, I started crying because she couldn't see why my hearing would be out. And I was like, that's it because it's a tumor. It's pushing from the inside out. Like, I'm so screwed. But I demanded now too. I had plenty of time to research lots of things that could be wrong. And I said, I want to be tested for this, that, this, you know, like listing 500 things. She says, well, we'll just start with these things and see what happens. And she had mentioned to me that they had diagnosed nine other people just that week alone with Lyme disease. And I was like, all right, well... Did
0: anybody bring up Lyme disease prior to meeting this woman?
1: No. And, you know, I'm kind of mad at myself because I know about it. And I sort of... Well, we all do,
0: but what that, do we know is suppose Well, question.
1: I sort of knew in the back. It's like deep down inside, I think I knew that's what was wrong with me. And I don't know. Oh. Like, oh. I, don't know why, I don't know why I didn't go back sooner. I, don't, I just figured I could deal with it, you know, and I was okay and I wasn't going to... But then like when things started to go downhill, I was like, uh oh, I really need to figure out what's happening. So within 48 hours, they called to let me know that I had Lyme disease. And I feel very blessed again in the fact that I actually tested positive for a band that the CDC requires you to get screened for. Because unfortunately, the way things are right now, testing A is very inadequate. But B, they also don't test you for everything. So you actually have a better chance of flipping a coin. in getting your heads or tails versus actually getting a a positive diagnosis through the testing that is out there on the market right now. Um, So once I got that diagnosis, okay, cool, it's not something else, you know, it's not MS. it's It's not that. Right, right. Okay. I just take some pills. It'll be good. Not so much in the sense that once you have it for a really long time, it's a corkscrew shaped spirochete that burrows into your white matter of your body. Is that called Babesia? Uh, that's another tick-borne disease. Okay, go ahead. So there's a couple. I'm trying to get some clarity for people who that, are suffering yes, from these so things. you can get regular Lyme disease. Uh, you can also get Babesia, Ehrlichia, uh, Mycoplasma, uh, Anaplasmosis. All kinds of different things that are other tick-borne diseases um, that sometimes you get, sometimes you don't. You know, and that's the other thing too. If you do get bit, save the tick. It's a lot easier to test the tick to see what it's sick with as opposed to waiting because when your body actually has it inside now you you there's no evidence of it really it doesn't cause a toxin that you can detect in your bloodstream so you are looking at antibodies which that's another thing they're kind of shapeshifters, and it's very hard to, to pinpoint exactly what's happening when you're looking at the antibodies as opposed to an actual toxin produced by the disease so There's a million and one reasons why it's so hard to actually get an accurate diagnosis. Okay, I'm going to back up
0: just a little bit because I'm I'm hearing a number of things here. First of all, you said you had Lyme disease, and you were tested, and it showed, and you were lucky. So is it true, is it a safe assumption that a lot of times we can be tested, and you get false negatives? Um, And and so it almost seems sometimes pointless to get tested. Not it isn't, but frustrating because you can't rely on the results. Second, um, you said, if you get bit, you should save the tick. Did you know you were bit? No. So there's another issue. Sometimes we have Lyme disease and we missed it altogether. We didn't even know we had a tick.
1: No rash. So no memory of a bite, nothing along those lines, just that incredibly horrible fatigue that kicked in.
0: And so you're talking about that set of symptoms. Is it safe to say that there could be any number of symptoms? Maybe it isn't yeah. fatigue, maybe it's dizziness, maybe it's loss of balance, maybe it's um, you think you have MS. Is, is it also safe to assume that um, you could be suffering any number of symptoms that are frustrating because you know you're not normal, hmm. And you're repeatedly misdiagnosed?
1: Of course. With other things? Well, there's a hundred different, at least a hundred different symptoms of Lyme disease.
0: So it mimics other diseases? Tons. And um, the typical protocol is a, a, a round of doxycycline?
1: Yes, and that's controversial as well because yeah. you know some people are of the school where three weeks is adequate treatment and then you take your three weeks and then you're cured. Well, I can speak from personal experience and say, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I was on medication for close to four months, all said and done. And if I hadn't gone back on that second round, I don't know, because after I went off at the first time, I started going back to where I came from and I was like, hell no, I'm not going back there. Yeah. So I called the doctor. I was like, no, no, I need to get put back on medicine immediately. I had to get my blood work rechecked. I mean, they have to do their due, dil- due diligence as well, and that's something else I could ask for. There's a bill up right now, um, gosh, House or Senate Act 100. I know I should know better. State, state bill? Yes. Okay, This is important because Very. insurance doesn't cover this, does it? Right, and that's so. what this bill will do. So Senator Greenleaf has been someone that I've recently become aware of that's been fighting for people with Lyme disease for a long time and he has gotten some stuff pushed through to be more on our side with this. But now there's a bill up again that I've written about to them like, please pass this, please make sure this gets put through. But A, it would protect physicians to be able to treat at their discretion for individual people. Bioindividuality is a huge thing with Lyme disease, not to mention the fact that there are so many different kinds, so every person reacts differently. No two people are probably going to be treated right. exactly the same way. Right. But if we're tying their hands and we say, you can't give more than three weeks, that's not fair because this is my quality of life and I have gone from complete horrible quality of life to actually wanting to live again and enjoying being here. And
0: so there's two bills, or, or the same bill, same. two, two um, hopes. Same. One is to um, untie a physician's hands and allow yeah. them to treat a, cor- a protocol according to what they're seeing with the patient. Yes. And does it also address insurance companies covering that yes. treatment because it is a disease,
1: Yes.
0: which it isn't acknowledged as such? Correct. That's huge. So you don't know the name of the bill, but it's uh, Senator it's, who? That's okay, Senator. Uh,
1: well, Senator White would be who you'd want to contact. And I just apologize. It's It's Bill 100. I just don't know if it's still at the House or if it's at the Senate. I I think Senate level now. So Senate Bill 100 to get that passed through, then again, the insurance companies will pick it up. Government's not my strong point. I apologize. No, that's okay, because what you're Um, doing is
0: huge. You've also started um, a support group because so many people are frustrated and feeling a little crazy, if you will, because something's wrong, but people start thinking, well, you you don't know what you're talking about because I can't diagnose. So what's the
1: support group? Well, the support group will be starting next Wednesday, March 21st. I'm hosting it at Atonement Lutheran in Wyoming, so that's at the intersection of State Hill Road and Penn Avenue. But my effort is to just simply be there for people as a resource to guide them to better treatment, more in touch with Lyme disease doctors, Lyme literate physicians, Just so, again, they know they're not crazy. My one friend called me. His marriage is a little bit up in the air. He's been sick for three years. She doesn't understand because physically he looks fine, but he's really not, and she thinks he's lazy, but he's not lazy, he's sick. So he's happy to have a place to go that he has other people to talk to. The ladies I met last night at this uh, speech on Lyme at the Reading Hospital, thank you, Reading Hospital, for starting to get that up, our Health, whatever you like to be called any longer. but, you know, they, again, it's just the two of them, they only have each other and they don't have anybody else to talk to. So I just would like a place for us to be able to go that we can have support through each other and to know that we all have different symptoms, different um, cases, but we all have unity together and that we're not crazy.
0: And working in numbers, we can change and make a difference.
1: So is there a name for the support group yet? Yeah, it's what pretty day? easy. I try to think about lying people and our memories, but. Uh, it's the Berks County Lime Support <laughs> Group. There you go. That, that works. <laughs> Pretty and simple. You talked about Lyme literate doctors. Is that I, I, I lads? ILADS is the International Lyme and Associated Disease Society. And actually, interestingly, there was a doctor from Pennsylvania who helped to found that. But that's a little bit different than a Lyme-literate physician. What should you look for if you're looking for a doctor? You think maybe
0: you have Lyme disease, you've been through this process. What should you look for in the doctor behind the credentials?
1: You can look for an ILADS physician, because obviously they would have information about what's happening, Um, Lyme-literate doctors. It gets tricky too because people say they treat it, but they really are more in it for financial benefit to themselves because they make these products that you should try and you know, whatever. So it is a little bit tough to find the right doctor for each person, but there are some out there and that's another thing that I can probably guide people with. It's not like you can Google and there's a list of Lyme literate physicians. Right, right. They're a little bit scared to stick their necks out yet. but word of mouth is a very important thing in this community. So therefore, then I can be that conduit to get people the information they need to get them connected to a good physician.
0: I can't thank you enough for doing what you're doing because so very many people are suffering from it. Some think it, some have no idea, and the misdiagnosis its it's just expensive and and devastating. So to have that network to navigate through the illness and the system
1: is huge. So it's Berks County, Lime support group. Lime support group. <laughs> first meeting is 321. It's uh, March twenty first at six PM at Atonement Lutheran. And then that will also continue every third Wednesday of the following months at that same location, Atonement Lutheran. Third Wednesdays. And is there a Facebook support page or something like that? Yep. What, what Berkeley County Lime Support Group. You can also look for me. I am the page administrator, so I think if you find me, you can find my page too. Again, my name is Anne Desjardins. Uh, a-n-n-e-d-e-s-j-a-r-d-i-n-s. Feel free to reach out to me. I will happily guide you the best that I can. I am not a physician, mind you. I've had people asking me about that. I am not. I cannot give you medical diagnoses. I can't give you answers that way, but I can get you to the people that can help you with that information. And that's huge
0: thank you for yeah. giving your energy back and, yeah. and paying it forward for so many others and i really appreciate your time sharing the news mm-hmm. here on what's the story on the people chronicles
1: thank you and i appreciate you having me and letting me at least have another platform to get this message out because there are a lot of us who are sick
0: and that's what we're here for that platform yes. thank you thank you
1: these stories are
0: made possible in part by Spring Ridge financial Heidelberg Restaurant, Queen City Restaurant, and PJ Willihan's.